This is the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust. Well, it's all kicking off down at Howard's Way in Tarrant. Last episode, Tom and uh, Jan were having sort of words because they've just discovered that Avril actually owns the flying fish. Dun, dun, dun! I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique Antique Dust. Dust. And we are dusting down that glorious 1980s yachty drama that is Howard's Way. was first broadcast on Sunday the 13th of October 1985. Oh my god, this has been an action-packed episode. It's been a roller coaster. Oh, there's been a bit of yachty action, which is very good. Um, and there's lots of drama. Drama, with drama, rega- drama, 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 drama. I know. It's, so this episode, so it starts off with Tom being very cross. Um, very cross. Very cross. I've never seen him so cross. I know. Ever so cross. I, I, I'm sure he moved an eyebrow or two a couple of times. Uh, so he arrives at the Mermaid Yard and then makes an appointment to speak to Avril quietly yeah, so in an office though, which is empty. Even though he's cross, he's he's still very polite. <laughs> very polite. He knows his social P's and Q's. <laughs> like... I, I wish to make an appointment with you to be very cross with you later. <laughs> We're on our own. We're saying at a quiet time. Um, well, yeah, it was the morning, and she was making. She she was just coming off the phone, making a luncheon appointment. So she probably luncheon. had a couple of hours, a couple a of luncheon. a luncheon appointment at luncheon the yacht club. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that was a bit sort of like drama, drama, drama. You'd have thought that evening when he'd found out, you'd have dashed round because he knows where she lives. And so you would have gone round and asked there and then, not stew on it. And then in the morning, go and see her. Make an appointment for that evening. Stew it on a bit more. Sorry, that was a little bit. Yeah, but Avril was like very cool, collected and sort of glamorous. Absolutely glamorous. And then we meet the glamour puss that is Polly, dressed as like Little Bo Peep. Yes, I'm not quite sure (laughs) what what that dress was. The dress was fine. I mean, it looked a bit... Sort of a silk meringue, a beige silk silk meringue, but it had this sort of weird puff, yeah, puffy puff, bits. But it also had a sticky eighty bit in the in at, the middle, the waist. Which yeah, which I is, know nothing about fashion, so but, maybe I shouldn't comment really. But it did seem a bit <laughs> peculiar. So um, yeah, so uh, Jan and Polly have proper Jan and Polly time. Um, Polly's getting a little bit half cut. Um, but she's a happy. She's sort of. She's she started on on gin and vermouth. 
That's what I think it was, gin and vermouth. Yeah. Oh, cause she's, gin she's, and it with a slice of lemon. Well, she, well she's, she's free-pouring. <laughs> it's, right. it's the only way to go. <laughs> those, cut glass, those cut glasses were very, very full. Oh, with a full lemon. <laughs> it wasn't just a little slither of a lemon. It was like a full, a full, a full lemon. Yeah. No, well, let's, let's, let's be clear. It wasn't a whole lemon. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Was a, it was a full slice of lemon. Yeah, a full slice slice but it's the whole circle of it so um and then we have a little bit of backstory with regards to polly and i, I thought that was really well done yeah. so it, well polly gets half caught and then blabs her her big secret yeah well, she, well, but, but actually blabs lots of secrets well, she, she's she's admitted to jan. to jan that abby has has left left home and she can't do much but uh, gerald has had a word with the commissioner but there's not a lot she, they can do because she's over 18 and then um, talking about her affairs and blah blah blah, and then it comes apparent that um, right, so obviously Jan is aware that Polly has a predilection of uh, enjoying gentlemen's company. Um, she's like a man hunter, and then it sort of lets it slip. Those Gerald. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh-uh. So she was pregnant. She said she should have had an abortion because she gave Polly, uh, Abby the best years of her life, which I thought that was really quite sensitively done. It was. I mean, you would be slightly disappointed with Abby. So, so <laughs> uh, I mean, she's lovely in her own little way, but her own little weird way. It, it is quite weird. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the summary of the summary of Abby in three words. <laughs> later on in this episode so Polly has no idea where Abby is and say Jan suddenly looks at her busy friend in a different light and feels so sorry but it doesn't stop them going to the art show at the big gorgeous mansion and it was really big art I like the art show yeah Jonathan likes big art I can't deny it big art is amazing so they go to this absolutely gorgeous gorgeous house and lots of big, big past. In fact, the art I like big art, and I can't deny can't 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 deny that. But it was very pastel. Well, it was, it was very it was a modern art, wasn't it? It was colourful daubs, 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 daubs. Um, so but, yeah. But then there's a bit of a moment when we see a car with the registration CF one CF one Charles and Fritz. Polly recognises. But she's not, like, devastated um, as... Well, why should she be? Well, because later on in this episode, uh, Charles Ferrier has devastated another person. But not... But... But not Polly in this episode. Not Polly. It looks like Polly knew what it was like, and she's got a lot of... Sort of she has baggage. Just, does, does, does but it's designer baggage. It's Louis Vuitton baggage <laughs> with, with lots of Gucci baggage. Lots of rooms for big silk beige frocks. Look, looking like. Oh, in fact, it did, that, that, the whole frock was quite nice. But are you still <laughs> on about this damn frock? I, I know. But when she walked, it was like. <laughs> well, that's sort of like taffeta or whatever, <laughs> it was, isn't it? it was, uh, so we meet Charles because Polly spots. Charles across a crowded across room. a crowded room where Charles is is talking to this rather older lady. Uh, should I know who she is? Uh, but we meet that little lady with uh, later on in the episode with yes, that was Kate. Lydia, I believe wasn't Lydia. It? Lydia Lydia. So Charles spots um, spots Polly and Polly shoes 
Jan away to yes. say, I'm just going to look at this this piece of art because it makes the most of my hair. Yes. So she positions herself very nicely to be spotted. To spotted. And she is spotted. spotted. By, well, she's very spotable. Yes. Well, she, I think she's amazing. I love, I love, yes, love, love, we love, know, love. I we love know. Polly. Polly Erkin, my spirit animal. And uh, so Charles goes over and says hello. And is all very, very nice and polite and blah, blah, blah. And I, what I really quite liked about this the, the the scene in the gallery or the art show in this gorgeous gorgeous house was Polly was basically coaching Jan in regards to business because they're making comments that say maybe this time next year Jan will be dressing the people going to the show because of the boutique and Polly puts that little nugget of an idea in Jan well you're lining Ken Masters' sort of nest. And she said, oh, I'll get paid well. And, but then Polly puts the suggestion in, you should be a partner. You should have a share of the business. And I think that's really, really good. And I think it was really, really well written because the writer of this was also the writer of the Tenko. And she... I mean, she didn't realise she was writing for a soap. It wasn't a soap at the time. It was a family drama with a sort of sort of a class system, etc. And uh, the, the, I think it was it was Howard's Way was nearly called the Boat Builders, which would have been completely. I, I think it'd be a wrong title. Um, but they focused in on the men, and the girls were just the women were just two dimensional. Well, that's how things started things were and, and and now it's 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 really embracing that whole i can do this too and it's it, so we're all equal and it really it really powered through on that I and mean, i watched a documentary the other day um and it was it touched on howard's way and about sort of sort of the feminist element of of this and say you can do business just as well and I think it became very front and centre with the whole business aspect of it and I think the writing in this first series is just phenomenal because so much happens on this episode um, which is brilliant it's a very busy episode it, this episode was phenomenally busy so we have the art show and um, so they all go back home and sort of blah 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 um, and Polly makes her confession. Well, Polly made the confession before she got to the art show um, with regards to the lavender marriage with Jar- Gerald, sort of Abby not being Gerald's. Uh, so the question mark is, well, it's a lot of big foreshadowing. It's really, really subtly done, um, which we don't want to do any spoilers for anyone that's following this along and hasn't has been under a rock and hasn't known all the gorgeous delights of Howard's Way. Um, and then we, we cut to the morning, and uh, we see. Well, we 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 don't cut to the morning. Oh, what episode? What happened? Because after after the show, after Jan and Polly go back to Polly's for a bit of supper and a, a few more drinkies, uh, bo- and bottle of wine. And I think it's at this point actually that the slightly inebriated Polly, after starts. Oh, yes, unbearing her. Un- unbearing, sort of bearing, sharing, sharing, sharing her secrets, <laughs> and then Jan goes home mm-hmm. and has a a tense converse. Well, um, has a cup of tea 
with Leo. Yes, the, Leo. Le- yes, Leo's been watching a documentary on nuclear fuel or <laughs> nuclear radiation or, or something. Oh yeah, we have to. We do have to mention. Where I say we, there was a scene earlier with uh, Leo and Lynn. Uh, they sort of matched. Yeah, they were wearing seemingly <laughs> matching pastels. <laughs> pastels, which also went well with the big floral wallpaper. Yes, it was just all, like, all tied in. Just it, all, it all tied in very, very neatly. <laughs> so, uh, so Jan goes back and sees uh, and has a conversation with Leo, and uh, Leo is sort of being pummeled for information with regards to uh, Abby. And her whereabouts. And her whereabouts. And that sort of gets question mark for Leo. So he's, he's he's had a connection with Abby. So sort of further on in this episode, he sort of sort of delves in a little bit deeper. Um, so it was really nice sort of this episode. We had some really nice scenes with Jan, with Leo individually and Lynn individually which we haven't really seen a great deal of Lynn and Jan sort of relationship working together. When it did work phenomenally well. And um, so so we have that. And then I think then, then it cuts to the morning scene. No, it doesn't because then Jan goes to bed. Have you watched this episode? Yes. Then Jan goes up to the bedroom and she's creeping about and Tom's awake and they have a rather tense conversation. Hmm. Um, and Jan starts to wonder about Avril's motivations. motives for um, yeah, and we've I've missed off the scene where uh, sort of Tom goes round to Avril's and has it out with her with regards to who owns the boat and everything, and she says that she did this in the roundabout way because if her dad had found out she'd had money, she'd the dad would have asked for that money to be popped into the into the mermaid yard, and she said that she needed the she needed to hide it so her dad didn't realise the money was there. And spend it. And spend it on the yard rather than having a business partner that could come in and turn it around. Which is all, again, very good, very calculated. Um, which, jolly good. And jolly good. Yeah, that, that, I think that, that was summarised quite nicely. Um, I say Jan and, and Tom have the, the, the conversation in the sort of, it's in the bedroom. Um, I mean, the, it's a, such a shame that their relationship went the way it did, but it does create the big drama. Now we go to the morning scene, don't we? Please, can we get to the morning scene? <laughs> of course. So, go for it. <laughs> so Tom picks up the mail that's arrived super early. So obviously the postmen were a lot more efficient in the 80s because our post arrived around about two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Well, that's that's, um, cutbacks for you. So there's a uh, sort of a scrawled message. So so your wife... In crayon. I think it's the same crayons that Abby left behind in the same handwriting. So basically accusing that Jan's having an affair with Ken Masters. And uh, at the same time, so after that, he scrumples it up and doesn't want to believe it, which he, he does sort of believe it. And then he tells both Leo and Lynn 
that the flying fish is owned by Avril, and she says you can you can sail it as much as you like. Which you'd have thought Lynn would have been super happy because she's but like she's not. She's not, even though she's she's ditched Giles. Yeah. She, she, he was a he turned off out to Mickey be a Mouse. nasty piece of work. Oh, he's a I mean, anyone who calls their bolt Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse I mean, you know, really, are definitely suspect. He, he, he puts another nail in that bloody coffin later on in this episode and um <laughs> nail in the boot um and it was just sort of she, she was like no no i'm not going to fly, i'm not going to sail in it and you just thought no so i think that's a bit against time but admittedly she's she, she's being right on and everything but you thought yeah. no she wants yeah. to say to be fair i think for for me that felt like it came out of nowhere yeah um it, and it didn't really make much sense to me in the in the, the narrative so far, you know, because Lynn's been boat, 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 pretty, boat, 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 yeah, boat. she's been presented as a fairly one-dimensional boaty, yeah. So why she would then suddenly, for no apparent reason, turn against? I, I, for me, it just didn't didn't really seem to no fit. It no it it yeah it 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 did clash a little bit with that one but then again it does show that she's she's got strong feelings on the matter well but, she very clearly does but the previous strong feelings were in the opposite direction which is a bit weird um so leo's like oh that's really super because he's just a bit dewy-eyed and thinks the best of everyone plus he's a little bit got a got a crush on the on the avril because um, he's busy decorating her understairs loo. A boudoir. A boudoir. All that. He, he seems to be decorating the whole bloody house. Yeah. Gosh. I wish he could She's get... really taking taking him for a ride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not Bob a job week. Um, and then, so, and then we sort of go back. We have a scene with Jan in the, um, the chandlery working for Ken. And she has a phone message that's she she has the phone rings and someone's on a phone box and says something which we don't hear, and then it comes apparent that Ken has given Dawn her marching orders. So obviously Dawn's creating all this stuff, but we don't see Dawn in this episode. I'm very disappointed about that because that would have been kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I mean she could have come round in person and created a, a a scene, but but as always in in Howard's way, and indeed I suppose many dramas of that era, a lot of the the plot is driven by telephone conversations rather than face-to-face confrontations. Yeah, I, so maybe they couldn't have enough... They couldn't film outside the Tom Howard's house to <laughs> have the outside bit because they, they definitely wouldn't have invited Dawn in. She would have probably been screaming and yelling on the front doorstep rather than... Or I, I was thinking rather than phoning up Jan, she would have gone round to the chandlery and, yeah, and created or, a scene. yeah. But I think I think Dawn is sort of a little bit scared of Ken Masters, and she just wants to create drama. But you'd have thought, yeah, sometimes it's best just to hold your head and walk away. Um, but it's a shame we don't see Dawn in this episode because I think that would have been quite an impactful situation. Because um, this episodes are all sort of about relationships and marriages and sort of history, lies and secrets. Yeah, secrets and lies. Yeah. <gasps> Yes. Um, so, going on from that thing, then we have well, a bit of comic relief, don't we? Yes. Of Jack and the, the, all that business with the the bottle of whiskey and <laughs> and, and Kate's apparent um, psychic <laughs> powers. Yeah, I say Jack. Jack is 
He's declined a bill, um, a uh, a beer at the Jolly Sailor, and he's. Uh, I said no. I've got a wager on, and sort of says that he's sort of stepping out with Kate, and sort of Bill's like, oh, 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 what's happening here? Um, but he goes home, and then while he's weakening, when he's sort of virtually, this is a, he's this virtually, is, yeah, this is after Avril has gone round and told him that she actually owns the flying fish. Yes. So he's very disappointed yep. again. Very, very. He seems to be generally disappointed with his daughter. But, yeah, hey-ho. I think his daughter's generally disappointed in, his, in her dad. But no, it's just she general can't. disappointment. It's general, it is general disappointment. But I think she realised she can't te- teach her an old dog new tricks particularly. Um, so, yeah. Um, so that... That that was sort of really comic relief where it's like, no, you're touching it, aren't you? You're touching it. It brings me that down to the... D- <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah let, let's not. Let's, let's right. not go so to... So she's very no. like, no, you haven't put it away yet. No, no. It sounded very much like back, back, way, way back in the distance. I actually worked on uh, an 0898 number. And um, I started originally working on the tarot lines, so sort of reading people's tarots. And the clairvoyant line. But there wasn't a future in it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really really interesting because it was on the third... It was this big warehouse and on the basement there was a nightclub, a gay club. And I worked on... My my shift was seven in the evening through till three in the morning. Um, So... uh, So I used to get a bonus if you used to keep them on the line for, for... if on the pound a minute lines, because that was a pound a minute, it was quite a lot then. Um, it's quite a lot now. So they'd disconnect on 29 minutes, it would beep, and then you'd have to tell them, say, unfortunately, the line is going to terminate at 30 minutes because that's the longest we can keep on. And I, uh, and, and but the 55 or 65 per minute could go on for two hours. Um, it seems a bit weird, really, because 30 minutes was 30 quid, and two, <laughs> two hours was. <laughs> it was far more than that, and uh, that, and I had the, uh, I started off working on the tarot line, which was all uh, the number was advertised in the back of um, a sort of uh, sort of Mary Claire and Cosmo and all. all so the, you were sort of a pound shop uh, Mystic Meg. Yeah, it was yeah, a pound a minute. Mystic a pound Meg. a minute. Yeah, Mystic much Meg. more expensive than Mystic Meg, and. Uh, then and there was two rooms. So there was the one with the tarot line, and then had the sex line on the in the other room. And a few people that worked on the sex line didn't turn up, and it was slow on the clairvoyant line. So they said, "Who wants to have a go at this?" And I said, "Well, oh, fair enough. I'll go there." So it was the gay sex sex line <laughs> that I had to work on. And, but the thing is, <laughs> working on the gay sex line, people are basically pulling their they're pulling their plonker. Um, and sort of they, they don't hang around very long. However, again, I, my, my sort of people having to phone up, phone up again, I had the largest amount of callbacks because I said, you're touching it. If you touch it, I'm terminating the call. And, oh, I did so well. I got so many bonuses. Got, I got massive bonuses because I think there was one gentleman that was on the phone for six hours. <laughs> he kept phoning back. Oh, no. <laughs> it was only because it was getting to three o'clock and I wanted to go home. I said, right, got to go. Bye! <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <end of> shift. <laughs> so my name was Fraser 
because you couldn't have a at the time with these 089 numbers you couldn't use your real name well of course not so well there was because you know why sorry we've diverted completely away from howard's way but here the small history of the 0898 numbers is that um there was a situation i shouldn't laugh uh it's quite serious where someone actually sort of connected on this chat line with someone, gave the real details, told them where the office was and everything, and she got killed uh, because he followed followed her, he followed her thing and followed her home and killed her. So we weren't allowed to give out our location, our real names or anything along those lines. So it was, a, it was, it was although it was a bit ramshackle um, set up, um, it was, it, it, there were so many regulations and rules. So I did that for a few weeks. <laughs> That's my, so anyway, so going to Kate, Kate telling Jack not to touch the bottle. <laughs> so, so I, had, I had flashbacks of working on the 0898 number with like, no, don't touch it. If you touch it again, I'm hanging up. <laughs> anyway. Back to the jaunty episode. <laughs> the jaunty Howard's Way episode. Um, so, so I, I, I think because I'm, so much happened in this episode, it's hard to actually keep track. We've got Avril. Avril's left the city because she's had something nasty happened in the woodshed in the city. She's uh, been let down by. She's a been man. let down. It turns out she's been let down by Charles Freer because. Yes. Um, so 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 um, so so Avril is off to, to on a business meeting and to the yacht, yacht, club. yacht club, meeting up with some business some man, bro- broker person, and then her eyes meet Charles Freer. Yes, and and she looks like she's seen a ghost. Yeah, and, and then she oh we can got to go somewhere else. So they probably went to the harvest around the corner. Um, so a jolly sailor <laughs> for a pie and a for a pie, pie and a pint for a pie and some or scampi in the basket. Um, so, and then we meet up with Charles Freer because he finds where she lives because obviously she lives in the Thatch Cottage and everyone knows where, where Avril lives because she's stunning. Um, that's where a golf convertible probably parked outside. So he goes and visits her and then it's... All the whole story The story comes, comes out that out. they've been stepping out for a year and then she came, he went to America and came back with a wife. And it was she was devastated about this, but also we had a bit of foreshadowing because sort of Tom and Avril go out on the boat, and she also mentions that she spent summer in the Med on a friend's yacht, and there was lots of it was really neat sort of little tie-ins with that because when Charles goes into the thatched cottage, says, "Oh, I remember you bought that," and sort of sort of france or something in saint-tropez saint-tropez, saint-tropez. Uh, so there, it was it, it was lots of uh, not a charity shop it wasn't a charity shop find um, um but th- there was really nice staging with this episode because there was lots of in avril's house you got a picture of what looks like a mum uh in yeah. the back background and I, I thought that was really nice and it was also we had lots of sort of backstory with regards to jack playing the field so i think jack was the ken masters of yeah. his day sounds like he was a bit of a womanizer he was a woman so he was the where it, it seems that that ken masters has made his money himself where jack married someone to get the yard and the money sort of thing and yeah. then it becomes apparent that obviously avril's mum died at a, let's say when avril was still quite young and she was like, said, well, I was picking up the pieces. I know you're not going to change, Dad, but 
I was picking up the pieces for mum because she, many a time she was crying in her room and even I couldn't comfort her because she wanted you. So I thought I was, I was really sensitive. Sad. It was, it was very, very sad. Um, also, there seems to be... So Charles seems a bit of a bounder, but he does seem... I, I, I really like the Charles character. Uh, what does, I don't what? know. I mean, because I think it was really sweet that. Well, sweet. I mean, obviously, he's he sort of bats Polly off to this older lady. Was that what was her name again? Lydia. Lydia, saying, "Oh, she's just the wife of uh, a, a business, business co- co- which is true, which is true." But he also sends sends um, Polly a piece of art yes. from the art show. So. It's, uh, with and but he doesn't want to write the message himself because he wants to. He, he, I think he's he's got that connection with her. Yeah. So that so we learn two things there. One is that he has that connection with Polly, and the other is that he's filthy rich. Yay! Well, he's got a Bentley or a Rolls or something, the private plates. That's when private plates were really good at the time. Um, so the, the, there's you you got the setup really well for uh, Charles Freire, and when he goes round to Avril's. And there was a really good chemistry between the two, and she's she's obviously devastated. Yes, but she's also very reactive because when he he just touches, so when she she turns up his, her back on him, and then he just touches the sort of the curve of of, of her back, and she's sort of like, you can see that she's like, oh, does a tingle. She does a tingle. A frisson. A frisson. Yeah. Frisson. Which I thought oh, that was really cleverly done. Um, and watched the documentary that I watched yesterday about Howard's Way um, was saying that from episode six and seven, for all it really captured, it upped its, upped itself a gear because they had they had the the actress Tracy Charles who plays Lynn, um, and she said, "Oh yeah, well I was in a few bits and pieces and shows and what have you," and I said when I did Howard's Way, I just thought, "Oh, it's just going to be out the drama and blah 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 blah." But by episode six or seven, when she went out, she was going on a shopping trip with her mum, and she couldn't. They couldn't go anywhere because she kept getting mobbed. Because oh, so it was because I think a r- rampaging crowds of Howard's Way. Howard's Way, Howard's Way fanatics, blimey. and it was also who'd, really interesting. It? it was really really interesting because Jan um, Jan Harvey, who plays Jan Howard. Um, also was on record of saying that lots of people were watching it for the fashions, and they had they were everyone was after the episode people were phoning each other. So I thought that was a Nicole Fari, and that was this, and that was that, and everything because it was like a fashion show that everyone sort of it was their challenge to go out and buy the outfit <laughs> whoever was wearing, which was phenomenal. And the the actress that plays Avril, um, her agent says you'll be perfect for this. But your life's not going to be the same after this. It's either going it, to, this will kill your career. <laughs> because, and I think you're fair, because it, it, I don't think she did a great deal after after Howard's Way, the actress that played Avril. I can't immediately think of it. No. Um, so, so I, mean, I think it was that, it, that must watch TV at the time. And I think, especially with Lynn, because her character really upped the ante in episode six when she was like, no, you're not going to touch me like that, even though you've got a, a yacht with a silly name of the Mickey Mouse, and she dived off. I think that was that's quite an iconic scene, um, which I think captured so much of the imagination. And so, yeah, power dress, power, doing this, that, and the other. And also, it wasn't just focused on younger ladies. It was the relatable people, which I thought was phenomenal. So, yeah. Yeah. so I'm just busy looking at um, 
Susan Gilmore's um, entry on IMDb and no, she, she did odd, done odd episodes of Casualty and the and the Bill, a few short films, but um, nothing. An episode of Drab C. Nesbitt. Really? Yeah. Uh, but nothing uh, dramatic, nothing earth-shaking. Oh, I, uh, sort of, because she was very, she was very, I think it probably does typecast you in a way. I mean, cause, say, Jan Harvey did very well. She did a coffee advert which paid for a new kitchen. And then she went and, and did Bugs. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is a bit of an iconic role. And Leo... The actor who plays Leo, Highmore, um, he did a film and then that was it. He came away from acting. Um, so so it, Howard's, basically what you're saying is that Howard's way killed the careers of... Of many of, of the many, cast. Because, many actors. Oh, because the person that, say, Stephen Yardley plays Ken Masters, I think he did a great deal after it. I mean, he was a it was a complete... He was a jobby actor previously, but it was in very lots of iconic shows. Doctor Who? He was in Doctor Who, David Triffids, um, Bergerac. And so he was in a whole gambit of things. But after Howard's Way... I guess if you're in a, a long-running show and you're a very identifiable it's an iconic character yeah yeah i I suppose there is a risk of being of being typecast yeah so um so there's so much content in 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 this this episode so we've got you've got oh you've got the sort of relationships collapsing between jan and uh and and Tom, because they've got the poison pen letters and the poison phone calls from Dawn, which happens off screen with the, with the, the Dawn's role. So that puts the worrying question mark um, on the relationship. So Tom thinks Jan's maybe having a fling with Ken Masters. And, so, and Jan and thinks, thinks that Tom's having a fling, fling with, with Avril, Avril because Avril's bought the boat. Um, and that's sort of basically usurps it and creates becomes a self-fulfilling element. Um, you've got Lynn, who is trying to apologise to the nasty Giles. Oh, sorry, he's not Giles. What's his name again? Phil. Phil. Phil Norton. Phil, Phil Norton with his Mickey Mouse boat. Uh, she tries to make amends because she thinks still thinks she may stand a chance of... of being a crew member in the Fastnet. But then it turns out uh, that she never had a chance, chance. because he doesn't and have he, female and he, crew. And he freely admits that he had... So he just it was a line. So you're, you're okay for jolly, but not not for proper racing. Um, but fortunately, Kate, Grandma Kate, comes to the res- rescue and says, well, this lady here, this sensible-looking lady with sensible shoes, is doing an old lady's crew for the Fastnet. Maybe you should give her a call. Which, which she, she truly does. does. Which a bit of foreshadowing there. Um, the big contract that Jack was going for... Um, the German for the German contract. Has, ...has fallen through, and that's put Jack on a but, downward... Yes. Back on the booze. He's uh, off the wagon. So that's a, And he's not. He's held that back from Avril and both Tom and Kate arrives for her hot date to have some sort of non-alcoholic rum... Cinnamon punch. Cinnamon punch, which sounded vile. I know, it does sound horrible. That does sound horrible. Did you have a bottle of bottle of plonk under it yeah i noticed that I thought, yeah oh. so it's like yeah i, I, I bought the special thing no that's 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 the bottle of fizz sweetie <laughs> so that's, that's not an alcoholic uh because she arrives at his door for her hot date but she's also seems to be a friend of lydia because we have a little bit of horse riding um 
and, and there's Lydia and Lydia has a little conversation with Kate oh well where Kate actually then says it's not a relationship it's just that it's a friendship and he's 10 years younger than me and uh, so that sort of puts that to bed that we think that our relationship's going to go anywhere but I thought that they're they were really quite well cast. They were really well suited. Were they all biddies? Yeah, as in sort of well, Kate and Jack. I thought uh, Kate and Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. thought they, they would probably be a that really sort of seem to be at this stage. It seems to be lining up for a little. Well, Jack's thinking little, it is, um, but winter, she, winter romance, a winter romance. But but Kate's already said no, no, it's not going to be anything like that. He's ten years younger. He's a bit of a bounder, a bit of a scoundrel, but he needs me, which I thought was really kind of sweet. So. Um, and it's just, and then so anyway, so um, it turns out that that Davy knows more about um, Abby. Abby's whereabouts storyline than he, he was he was <laughs> letting on. He had a conversation with Leo, and um, oh god, that conversation was so awkward. Uh, where uh, Davy says, "Oh, I, I saw her in." Southampton. So it's already been dropped into conversation that, that Davy's father is a doctor. Yeah. And Davy didn't want to follow in his father's footsteps, so went to work in the boatyard. In the boatyard instead. Um, but he makes that really off the cuff thing. Well, we all look the same, don't we? And I thought, oh, that hasn't aged well. Because when, because uh, Leo yeah, said, yeah, so, yeah. So surely she recognised you. Oh, but we all look the but same. Why, why would why would Abby recognise Davy particularly? I'm not aware of them having any interaction or much of. A, well, they have. But, well, they had an interaction when she came down to. Yeah, so they they met they met once. So I think I think we can be a little bit kinder to Abby for not immediately because you know you might see someone in one. It's like you know it's like. Uh, dental hygienist yeah that i i i fail to recognize her in the street on a couple of occasions oh, the lovely wendy because um she wasn't a in her uniform and b in a <laughs> Prom- in, prodding in the around de- on in the, in the dentist tonsils yeah. yeah so but sometimes when you, you know when you meet someone once in one environment when you see them again in a different environment you're not necessarily going to immediately no recognize true. them so true. let's be let's be let's be kind let's be kind Let's be kind. Let's but be kind I, I didn't like that line, but apparently he bumped it. He say she was going to the doctor's surgery. His at, father, where, where he was visiting his father, um, sort of saw her, and it took a while, took him a while to recognise who she was. Yeah, sort of so thing. so fear dues. So um, so so the Scooby Gang that is uh, Davy and Leo. Then yeah. uh, no, this was obviously. Before GDPR, pre-GDPR but I, or I data think, protection yeah, or anything like that. But, but even so, I don't think you really need GDPR to recognise that actually, you know, you shouldn't be rifling through someone's medical <laughs> records. No. Or even have possibility of access to Just them. for the address. But yeah, that address. did seem a little bit awkward. Yeah. Uh, so Leo gets the address and goes to the address. And it's a rather depressing... Well, it's looking. a nice big house, but it looks really quite... It's like right on feminist household, wasn't it? So, it's a, so like a... a these f- days we'd probably call it an HMO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so it, it, there was a faint whiff of burning bras in the background yeah. <laughs> coming from, from yeah. the character. And, pro- and probably some boiled cabbage as well. <laughs> I suspect. So, or, Leo's, Leo's... or um, uh, mung beans and, <laughs> yes, and, mung beans. and soya mint. Yeah, uh, so there, there was a range of Birkenstock sandals in the way or something. 
So Leo rings the doorbell and Bing this, this rather stern and officious looking lady. And there's a, a black lady in the background sort of eyeing him up. Um, so so, so the, the, the lady answers the door, basically tells him to get, to, to bugger off. Yes. Uh, so uh, And the, then the other lady comes out running out after him just as he's about to, get, to, to start uh, up his Honda. I, I, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, but that scene with her running out there, she looked like, and it's like, yeah, it looked like it looked like a. She was about safe. to get. She looked like yeah, yeah she was about to get like run a, over. It did, yeah, it did look like a, a public infor, a public information film um, yes. on road safety. Yes. I was I was waiting for Dave Prowse dressed as the red as the Green Cross cold man to, yeah. to suddenly pull her from danger. Is that, is that Jimmy Savile or his clunk click? <laughs> so. yeah. let's, let's let's not let's not go down that road again. So, uh, so, oh, I loved, I loved the, the scene. Yeah, what, what was the description of the black girl then? What, uh, what was it? A bit quiet, strange looking, and quirky, weird, and weird, and weird. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's her. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, if, if being weird is your sort of defining characteristic, then good on you, actually. No wonder Polly was disappointed. Having, having a weird, a weird daughter with big reproachful eyes. If Polly was your mother, you would have big reproachful eyes, wouldn't you? Yes. You'd be too busy drinking gin to pay much attention to. So playing uh, with matches and running with scissors. So it's so Leo is tra- is busy track tra- tracking down Abby. So is so he's on his quest. I think next week we see her on a rather rather disappointing adventure playground with some children looking equally disappointed. Just like an all with round a, disappointment with, with Abby with a social worker. Come on, children, let's have some fun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode concludes a little bit well, it concludes with kate arriving at, at jack who's half cut open the door yes and saying oh the business is going to pop blah 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 um, i'm going to be poor and so is your son-in-law. son-in-law so and she's like <gasps> um we've have a scene with where tom goes around to avril's avril's devastated and disappointed yes, this is just after after, after charles fair because we we see that Tom's and Charles's cars passing each other, each other. at the junction. Yeah, it's yeah. So we got. So the, it's immediately after Charles has left. A very upset Avril, and then up up comes Tom. Tom and sort of just in time to, to give her a shoulder to cry, cry on, on and, a and lips to kiss. Yes, and then something really really unfortunate happens that is not a good thing. Really, a very up for a very upset person to. That, start to play tonsil tennis. Yeah, and she says, no, please don't go. And then he goes in for a second go. And that was how... That's, that, 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 was, that, that was the that, final that, scene. That was the cliffhanger upon which we're then greeted with the perky nipple of a, a mermaid. Of the, of the mermaid looking to the nether distance. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you ever see that, that episode of um, Alas, Smith and Jones when they... they um, they, they they use that scene, but I think it was um, Griff Reese Jones sort of climbs <laughs> up onto the mermaid and starts to fondle her. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. I'll have to have a look around YouTube. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that will be on YouTube, but it's, 
it, it, I remember that. It made me laugh. So, yeah, uh, I thought that so, so much happened in this episode. And it was just really hard to keep... It, it wasn't hard to keep up. It was just so much content and backstory, but it was delivered in such a delicious way. And, you know, Lynn's sort of fury is spark, so she wants to... She wants to race. She wants to prove boys are boys are horrible, and uh, and just a well, that boy Phil was very horrible. Um, Leo's on the quest for Abby. Um, Polly's man hunting, but she's got a nice piece of expensive art that's winging its way to her. Uh, Charles is just divine um, and gorgeous looking. Uh, Ken has has been told naughty boy by by Jan because. Because Jan's aware of his little, his his action plan, but um, and, and is aware that he's social climbing, um, because they have a conversation in the, the boutique Perry Blue, Perry Blue, uh, yeah, Marine Boutique Perry Blue. <gasps> I, I think it's actually Perry Plus, isn't it? But I think I think I, Perry Blue. I, 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 just, <laughs> I, I just see that and think it's Perry Blue. I'm gonna have to get you to 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 have a so make me up some Perry Blue t-shirts Perry Plou Marine, Marine Boutique, Boutique. <laughs> and Comic Sans oh yeah well yeah I thought that was just divine 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 uh, I think where we have Perry Plou Tarrant Boutique <laughs> so so much happens and I, I can't believe Tom was so silly to do yes. that yeah i think that was that so so what we can really see in this episode is that, that it's tom fires the first shot across the 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 bows of their uh failing oh, marriage yeah i mean everyone feels that it was jan that made the the first affair and but it was jan no, but it's not it was no, tom it's tom um tom's the bad guy yeah so but jan, you can have, jan has been trying to hold it all together but and it's tom that does the straying which is very naughty very naughty very very naughty very naughty tom so last week because we got so excited it was such an exciting <laughs> by excited you mean drunk well we, we had one double gin and tonic yes and it went straight to, to our, our heads, heads and it started blathering nonsense nonsense oh we're uh, not going to do a recast now are we we're going to do a recast oh, lord we've got uh, who, who are we recasting i've not <sighs> even thought about this well, I thought that's why I thought I think we need to do the if we if Howard's Way was to be recast and rebooted, who would play Gerald and Polly? Because we've got to do catch up. So Gerald right. and Polly. Okay. Um, well, you're going to have to go first because I have no clue. I think it's it, it is it is very very challenging. However, I think. I know it seems like taking it from one set, one character to, from another series to another one, but the the actors that played um, the Queen Vic landlord and um, uh, landlords, you know the one which had the illegitimate daughter that was being brought up as a sister. Nope, it's the Slater Slater woman. Shoot. Sorry, it's gone right <sighs> over my head. I don't uh, know what you're talking so about. So Alfie, uh, Alfie. Um, that oh, was Shane, married to Shane Ritchie, Shane Ritchie and, and the um, oh god, what was her name? She she played Pat Phoenix in the the, the drama that, for the making of Coronation Street. She was really really good. 
Jesse Jesse Wallace. Yes, Jesse Wallace. Jesse Wallace and Shane Ritchie. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't that, that I didn't see that one coming. Because I, I can't really see Shane Ritchie as being a, a Gerald Durker, really. Oh, I could. I think he could probably do that quite well. Um, I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of Hugh Bonneville. <gasps> oh, well, that's a good one. Actually, I could actually see Hugh Grant. Yeah, I could. I could. I, I could. Yeah, I guess. I tell you what would be a really good is if we bought Hugh Grant and what was the one that his girlfriend of the time in the eighties, one with the dress, with the um, Liz Hurley. Liz Hurley. Liz Hurley. <gasps> yes, actually, that would be awesome. That Liz because Liz Hurley, she did that that really good. Well, I thought it was really good uh, where she played sort of the devil giving the wishes. It was a remake of the Dudley Moore thing, I think. Um, bedazzled, 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 bedazzled with Brendan Fraser. Yes, because I thought she was quite delicious. Because I think, yeah, oh yeah, actually, no, I'm re- I'm changing my idea. I think Hugh Grant and Liz Hurley would be awesome in that role because Hugh Grant can play gay because he played that just liberal politician that tried to kill his boyfriend. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh gosh, that that. Oh gosh, I'm excited myself with that. That's the. Yeah, like, you, you're touching it. Aren't you? <laughs> I'm gonna hang up. <laughs> yeah. So, who would you think? Well, I was suggesting maybe Hugh Bonneville as um, Gerald. Gerald. And Polly, who could who? Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, okay, 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 oi, oi, oi. Yes, oh, actually, that, that, that would be really, really good. But, oh, oh, yeah, oh, gosh. That, that, yes, so that, that would be the uh, reboot. So, dear listeners, who would you recast as Polly and Gerald? We'd like to know. Um, please do let us know. We're on all social media platforms at, at Antique Dust. If you're listening to on the uh, iTunes, please give us a five star rating. Yeah, any less is just not good <laughs> enough. Just, please, yeah. uh, please share us amongst yeah. your friends. Get more people to resurrect Howard's way because it's amazing. Yeah. We, should, we should set up a GoFundMe to, to <laughs> re- Patreon, to, Patreon to, account to, to, re- to reboot. <laughs> Reboot Howard's Way, that's what we should do. Yeah, because Howard's Way is life. And I think in these these horrible pandemic y times it's really lovely to sit to 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 slip in a DVD and just have escapism and it wash escape, over you. Escape to Tarrant. Oh, we didn't even mention that it sort of they had some scientisty thing with designing boats. Oh yeah, so they had boff, white-coated boffins. White-coated boffins riding up and down on some contraption. It looks like something out tomorrow as well. Well, it did actually. I was waiting for sort of, <laughs> for what's her name uh, from t- <laughs> Ruth uh, uh, Ruth. Oh, the one with one well, it's a bit like Avril. Judith, Judith Hahn. I was waiting for Judith Hahn to turn up with a clipboard. Yeah, a clipboard with a, with a television on a mount, like they have the TVs where they should bring it into school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this but, will be the future. But that that whiff of stock footage about it. Really, didn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so testing the the hull, the, the hull of of the for the concept boat that. 
the Barracuda design. Well, we don't have a name for it yet, do we? Are they calling it Barracuda yet? No, I don't think so. I don't know. But they're designing the boat, which is, yeah. So we have got a little bit of boating, but it, this was this was just jam packed yeah. content. The only, the only issue with that with that boat is that they just need to make it a little bit bigger. I know it's tiny. It, seemed little, <laughs> it, it just seemed a little bit too small. It's a little but bit I don't know. Than... I know nothing about. I know nothing about these things. Maybe maybe he was designing dinky. like sort of the equivalent of yachting sort of roller boots. <laughs> <laughs> or just yacht, yachting for mice. <laughs> yachting for mice. We will. We will fix you. Oh, that, that, oh, that, oh, I've done a hybrid of bagpuss for, for, with, with for Queen. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, sorry the episode's been all over the place. It's just that there was so much well, that happened Why are you apologising? Because every episode is all over the place. If you start apologising for that, we'll be here all day. <laughs> We'd quite like to apologise, but we won't. Uh, so, anyway, we're on all social media platforms at Anting Dust. Please let us know. We do our tweet along uh, at 8 o'clock every Sunday where mm-hmm. we highlight the gorgeous loveliness and uh, the, the, the gorgeous loveliness that is Howard's way. Howard's way. And, all, and, and notice the fabulous 1980s fashions which yes. are bound to and there's going back. to be more fashion coming along fashion. now now that now that um now that john is busy stocking perry plume marine <gasps> boutique yeah. it did look a little bit like um are you being served and, and it, it did look like space. a nice boutique but i didn't realize that sort of things came in polythene bags like that they do. do they yeah i thought they just came like like the united you know, like the benetton it's all what, pre-folded <laughs> Pre-folded. No, of course not. No. <laughs> anyway, but it looked. It does look very blue. Very blue. Marine boutique. I cannot help you. <laughs> so anyway. Yes, we do have it in both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is it easy access? Yes, it is. Beer arse and seconds. <laughs> yes, fantastic. Unzip and drop to the floor. Marvellous. <laughs> So anyway, it's farewell from me, Jonathan. And it's goodbye from me, Rob. So farewell till next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listening to the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust.